0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. bankruptcy or divorce it just doesn't matter as a matter of fact your job is your ticket to your new vehicle we're auto credit express and we've helped thousands of people just like you Antonio H told us great company got me connected and the day I went in I drove off in the car I wanted 100% worth your time need a car get started now and drive off as early as today just text finance f-i-n-a-n-c-e to three five seven nine eleven right now to get started that's finance f-i-n-a-n-c-e to three five seven nine eleven auto financing the easy way text finance to three five (sighs) seven nine eleven
3: you'll want to call Grantham. Find out how easy it is to get started on your education so you can check that college degree off your bucket list. Call Grantham right now. 800-910-1370. That's 800-910-1370. Flexible, affordable, relevant. Call 800-910-1370. At
2: St. Jude, a family never sees a bill at all. It's like the world has been lifted off of your shoulders. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding
0: cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org.
1: Sometimes writers feel lost, unsure why a passage may not be working. It takes another set of eyes to help us nurture our writing into full maturity. At Black Wolf Editorial Services, we strive to enable writers to develop and grow, offering manuscript critiques and line edits through a mentoring editorial style. We also offer assistance on generating a writer's bio for your websites, Blackwolf Editorial Services nurturing your writing into maturity. For a full list of services, visit blackwolfeditorial.com.
3: You're listening to the Spark Radio Network, internet radio like you've never heard before. Innovation, creativity, and imagination are all said to begin with a spark. So fasten your seatbelt and take the ride of your life, and listen for the spark.
2: It's like this hard, defenseless. get a passion that's through my veins. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rick Robinson. We are live right now on KLRNradio.com for Liberty and Reasons Still Rain. This will be the hump day edition of the America Off the Rail Show. I do have a guest. Actually, oddly enough, we had him on exactly one week ago on the holiday extravaganza for Halloween, where we killed off foo, and then she joined us in the chat and on the show anyway. But, yeah, you know, she was supposed to be doing off one, doing 1% or stuff. But, anyway, enough about that. We'll be joined here in just a minute by Varick, the sarcastic Jew. We'll do the opening monologue here when we come back. Then we will bring him over. And we're going to talk about election aftermath. He wants to focus on what happened in his home state. I want to cry a little bit about what happened in my home state. So, I don't know. It could be an interesting show. We'll be right back. We're going to kick things off here in just about 60 seconds. So, don't go away.
4: <laughs> I, I,
2: I, 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 I.
0: Keep on doing what you do Rick, you're my favorite host favorite, 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 favorite. host
2: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the program. I am Rick Robinson. We are live right now on klrnradio.com, where liberty and reason still reign, and you are listening to the Hump Day edition of the America Off the Rail Show. I will be joined here after our first break by Veric the Sarcastic Jew, as you may know him on Twitter. We're going to be talking about the election aftermath, but first, I just, while I have a chance to get this off my chest, I just have one thing that I have to say. Make Eddie Munster Speaker of the House, they said. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be all okay, they said. And then we lose 25 plus seats. You know, I I have to say this because I've been saying it all week. I really, really thought we were going to be able to, to beat conventional wisdom and hold on to the house. Except for Eddie Munster did nothing. Donald Trump basically already considered the House a lost, foregone conclusion, so he started buffering up the Senate, which was a smart move, because now we have a big enough majority that they're not going to have to worry about the Democrats trying to do anything crazy with their uh, judicial appointments. But I was really hoping we were going to be able to hold at least a small majority, because if we had managed to hold the House, radio would have been fun for like three weeks if we lived through it, because they would be like, Blowing things up and breaking things. But that being said, I I was the guy that all week was like, I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're going to hold the house by two or three seats. You know why I thought that, though? I'm just going to be completely honest. I didn't think that anybody would embrace the left with as crazy as they've been acting. And I get it because everybody that I've talked to has been like, well, Ricky, you have to understand they didn't run crazy leftists in places like Texas, well, except for Beto, um, and and Oklahoma, and the other places that they managed (coughs) to flip. They actually ran what, what they consider moderate Democrats. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it could be interesting. Uh, there could be some blue dogs in the works. Who knows? But uh, we'll talk about that and much, much more when we come back here in just about sixty seconds or so. We're going to take the, fir- the first official break of the show, and then when we come back, I'll have our guest with us. So uh, you guys stay put. You got about sixty seconds to run off, grab a drink, whatever you got to do. But make sure you're back for the start uh, of the next segment because we have a guest. We don't do that all the time around here. It's kinda cool, interesting. We'll be right back, stay tuned. Welcome back, folks. Hope everybody's having a great Wednesday evening. If you've missed it, you've missed a great lineup here on KLRN Radio. We do this every Wednesday night, starting with the conservative curmudgeon radio show. We roll then in straight into Bar, One Nation Under Foo, and then I cap off the night with America Off the Rails. Right now, I do have a guest joining us. You may remember him from last week's episode, where we survived the Halloween Purge merge. Uh, this is Varick. Good evening, sir. How are you?
6: I'm doing good. How are you doing, Wick? Hey.
2: Uh, a little bit, so so you know, up until now, the one thing that we've kind of had as, as as kind of a, a pride point here in Oklahoma is that for the last couple of elections, all seventy seven counties have gone red, all of our districts have been red. I'm a little sad because House District Five flipped blue last night.
6: Yeah, it is disappointing, and and something similar kind of happened in Mississippi. Like since like for as long as I think since the '80s, both Senate seats have been Republican. But the way this um, special election is going on, I don't know that I don't know if the Republican candidate can actually hold the, hold a seat.
2: So, how bad is it looking down there?
6: Well, like the last time I actually looked at the numbers, um, Sydney High Smith, who was um, appointed by Gov- by Governor Phil after Pat Hawkins retired, she is at like at forty one point six percent, and the Democrat Espia is at like at I think. So there is going to be like a runoff on November 27th.
2: That's really close, man. That's close. Yeah. So. so The funny thing about that, so here in Oklahoma, the the gubernatorial race wasn't even close. So, I mean, Stitt blew the the libertarian and the democrat out of the water, which made me a little sad because I actually happen to be a libertarian. But at the same time, um, uh, I'm actually friends with the libertarian candidate on Facebook. And I noticed somebody was telling him that the other day there his child's school had done an election and actually there's going to be a runoff in that elementary school. Versus the uh, libertarian candidate and the Republican candidate because they actually tied in the elementary school. This (laughs) this gives me a little bit of hope for the future because it means the folks that are coming up in in, you know that they had they haven't been completely warped by the system yet because yeah
6: no no one's going to be as bad as my generation.
2: (laughs) Well, I don't know about that. You know, well, I don't know. You guys were the first ones with participation trophies for everything. I keep forgetting how young you are.
6: Yeah, so, I remember, I am—I am a millennial. Just barely. I—I'm at the last year that's count as millennials. Uh,
2: that's, I, I think I'm gonna have to mute your mic now, sir. No, I'm just playing. Um, so <laughs> anything else going on in Mississippi that was a surprise, or did everything else pretty much come out the way you expected, or?
6: Uh, here's like here's also I was like the thing that kind of led to this Senate race being so split is that there's essentially those the. Incumbent Sidney Hyde Smith, and then there was Chris McDaniel. And in Mississippi, there's like a lot of bad blood between like people who support Chris McDaniel and the Mississippi GOP. Because from what I'm hearing back in like 2012 when Chris McDaniel ran, to say the Mississippi GOP slung mud at him is an understatement. And during the election, during the special election, Chris actually got like 16% of the vote. So He's one that so because of those two, because of the fight between those two, that split the vote. And honestly, I don't know if Sydney can actually convince a majority of the people who voted for Chris to vote for her. Because the reason they voted for Chris is because Sydney doesn't really have a record in Mississippi to prove what anything she says.
2: Yeah, that could definitely be problematic, I would think. I just realized I was in such a hurry to change uh, show formats, I forgot to change categories. So I'll be having to fix that later, because right now, my show's in the FUBAR category. Everybody's like, what the heck's going on? It still says FUBAR, and I'm like, I was in a hurry, don't tell me. Uh-huh. All right, so um, I, don't, I don't know, man. I mean, so we've talked a little bit about what's going on in, in your state. I kind of want to get your take, because I'm going to give everybody my take real quick about what happened last night, because I think the blue wave, the idea of a blue wave might have been a bit of a misnomer, because it didn't really come in a wave, but I have to tell you, if you look at the map and you break it down by districts then I think what we could honestly call it, and everybody kind of laughed at me when I said this the first time, but it really is an apt description. This was more of like a blue wellspring because this is coming from the bottom up and actually spreading out. They actually took over 300 state legislature seats last night. Now, that's nowhere near what what the right did in 2010, and I understand that. But with as crazy as they're acting, the fact that they can still get traction is absolutely terrifying to me.
6: Oh, yeah, like the Democrats did like a lot better than I kind of thought they were in some of these districts and counties.
2: And and that's the thing that scares me is looking at the district by district, county by county numbers. I mean, they they managed to make all kinds of gains in Texas that I would have never expected. They've made gains in Colorado. They have made gains here in Oklahoma. They're actually slowly managing to turn what we kind of consider the Citadel of Red slowly blue. I I just – and the scariest thing about it is again the i understand that the people that at the state level may not always be as crazy as the people at the national level but they still ultimately have to answer to that particular leadership and that leadership has lost their minds these are the same people that are telling everybody stop them in the streets you find them at a gas station gather around them give them a hard time push back everybody knows what pushback is code speak for for the left i mean come on
6: yeah so yeah, that's also kind of why um, SB getting even without Chris Smith, this split GOP vote in question, just SB doing as well as he did even in the special election. That kind of does shock me, considering that Mississippi is supposed to be hardcore Trump territory. So you would think they would like be kind of kind of tuned into like the way how the media, how the left, how the Democrats tend to talk about. Republicans, especially down here in the Deep South.
2: Well, yeah, you would think, but I just I don't know. I mean, and I was talking about this with some friends today, because like I said, the the house district that flipped has been red for a very, very long time. But one of the things that's happened is we've had this gentrification process here in in the metro area for Oklahoma City. The capital city that's not too far from me. Um, And actually, well, I I commute in there to work every day. So they've built it up. They've got all these new condo projects. They've got all this great stuff. They've got a river walk and all these new things. And what's happening is they're bringing in younger and younger people. And they've managed to turn an entire swath of what used to be a conservative stronghold blue. Um, Now, Kendra Horn, the thing that scares me about her is part of her platform was Medicare for All.
6: Yeesh. Yeah, and I was saying, I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised that the county I, I live in, Lamar, is still solid red, because there's like almost three colleges very close by, so there's like a lot of young people constantly moving to where I live, and there's okay. all these, all these like new condos and yeah. apartment complexes that are being built.
2: I actually lived in that particular county that I'm talking about up until about three years ago. We moved about 50 miles Ooh. south. And the area that I'm in now is still staunchly red, but I, I never really thought... You know, I'm only 45 years old. I'm rounding the corner towards 46 at this point. I have grandkids now, but I never really thought that there would be a point where I would start seeing states like Texas and Oklahoma slowly start turning blue. This concerns me because of the fact that the the left has completely lost their mind. I mean, we have Ocasio-Cortez, for God's sake who can't even seem to remember what it is she ran for office for trying to tell everybody that she's going to give them all of this free stuff and they voted for her in droves i just i i don't get it but anyway we're up against a break so when we come back we're going to keep the conversation going this is america off the rails i'm your host rick robinson we'll be back in about three so don't go away. Right, folks, welcome back to the program. I am Rick Robinson. Again, we are live right now on klrnradio.com. We do this thing pretty much all over the place. You can find the show on the Lanterns Radio Network as well. You can also find us on multiple podcast sites. Honestly, it's easier just to email me at ricknradio.com. If you can't find us on the podcast site, and I will make sure we get there if at all possible, because we're putting pretty much everywhere you can think of. Um, also, if you like what we're doing here, make sure you follow along with the station at klrnradio.com. You can find us on uh, Facebook. Mines and Twitter. We're working on Instagram as we speak. Um, and you can follow along with me at RowdyRick seventy three on Facebook, Twitter, and pretty much anywhere else, except Mines, because I have to go fix that at because of their whole metadata thing, because I decided to change it after I set up the first account, so now I gotta fix it. But uh, So we've been talking elections, the aftermath, the craziness, the blue wellspring, and uh, Varric had some interesting insight into one of the elections that went on in his home state, so we're going to have him on to kind of discuss that now. So welcome back to the program, sir, and I'm, uh, again, glad you could join us this evening. Uh, so why don't you kind of talk with the listeners about what we were talking about during the break?
6: Okay, yeah, so one thing, I when I was looking over like the counties for the special election and the... Normal Senate election that's happening happening in Mississippi. I noticed something kind of weird is that in the normal election, Roger Wicker won counties that in the special election, um, SP, the Democrat also won, which these counties like voting for both Republican and Democrat in essentially the same election during the same time was weird. And a lot of these have like slim margins. It seems like for both the Democrat and Republican. So it, it can honestly almost go either way. It depends on vote. And honestly, I think I think the way it's going is um, a high voter turnout for the runoff, uh, the city uh, high Smith's going to win. But if a low turnout, I think Mike X, Espy's going to win.
2: Okay, so remind me again, just for the folks following along with at home, who is it that we actually want to win this race down there?
6: I... To me, like, honestly, like, I, would, I guess I would prefer the Republican as um, Hyde-Smith to win, but since she doesn't have a record, I have nothing to go by. I honestly don't really have a horse in this race. I'm just, like, trapped in between a rock and a hard place.
2: So you're reliving 2016 all over again, is what you're telling me?
6: Yes, I, I, I I'm essentially... 2016 Ben Shapiro right now. I have no idea what to do, so I'm probably not going to vote.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, I, I don't know. Um, We have a hard and fast rule in my house. We, I always try to keep everybody informed. I always try to make sure they vote. Actually, my youngest is about to be 18, so he'll be voting in the next cycle. He, he missed this one because he turns 18 in seven, actually a week from today. My youngest is about to be an adult. I am old.
6: I don't even you have shush. kids so I'm a little married.
2: You shush. Nobody's asking you, millennial. Alright, so uh I'm, so- <laughs> I'm just messing with you, man. Um but uh the scary thing is I'm pretty sure I have children that are about your age, because that's like I said, that's my youngest. <laughs> 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 so anyway, so lots of other interesting things have happened, so I figured we could probably talk about that a little bit. Um so uh what's your take on sessions basically being ousted by Trump? Too little, too late too soon
6: i i'll say what exactly has sessions done because all i know Buck is that kiss. he was himself of the russia investigation and then he just kind of became trump's whipping boy that he Trump blamed him for anything he just haven't done anything so i'm kind of surprised this hasn't happened earlier
2: yeah honestly i i blame sessions for some of what's going on to be honest because he didn't he, he just he just he just didn't do what an attorney general should do i mean you know Call, call Holder what you want. He was sleazy, he was dirty, but at the end of the day, he was basically Obama's constantly airing, dude. He, he he took a bullet for the guy every single day. He dodged a subpoena for the guy, for God's sake. And this guy's over here going, I, I, I can't even have anything to do with this because I was affiliated with the campaign at the time you guys are alleging this happened. BS, because we all know at this point that it was all a bunch of crap. And you yes. could have so, like, been able to prove that, so we wouldn't even have been in, the, in this point by now if he had just done his job. Because this is the thing that drives me crazy about last night. So this is how this is going to go for the next two years. We have one of two things that's going to happen. The Democrats are going to prove that they're actually the party that's willing to get along to get things done because the Republicans weren't because they got ticked off when Obama said elections have consequences. I won and we're going to do things my way. So they said, fine, screw you. We're just going to hold off until we get everything back. So either the Democrats are going to prove they're the adults, which is going to suck for everybody else because they're honestly not the adults. They've proved it for the last eight years plus um at this point but either they're going to go along to get along and try to get a few things done and they'll get credit for it even though trump has to be the one to sign off on it a la clinton in the 90s or they're going to do the same thing the republicans did and keep pushing and pushing and pushing and stalling on everything they can to see if they can reclaim the house in two years when all this crap starts over again Uh, Because let's not forget, this was the midterm. There's a whole other set of elections in two more years. And I'm already seeing people tweeting about 2020. Can there just be a break? I, I get it. I get paid to talk about politics, but I need a break from the elections. We have, in Oklahoma alone, we have been in nonstop election cycle since 2016. It's just never stopped we we've we've so we we did the whole 2016 thing we got that election out of the way then we went into special sessions because the, the 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 economy was tanking by then because we're always behind the curve when everybody else was tanking we were like hey we're doing fine and then everybody else starts turning the corner is like ah, crap it's our turn so we were in special session after special session after special session went into all these different special elections and then we ran right straight into 2018 and we're finally done and then I see somebody today talking about next stop truck 2020 I'm like no for just it, it's like it's like with Halloween the uh, like at midnight everybody's Christmas decorations are suddenly up on the night of the 31st rolling into the first and I'm like what the hell is the matter with you people? We haven't even had Thanksgiving yet, and you already have Christmas decorations on your house. That's a little too enthi- enthusiastic, Susan. Put it down. Just saying. <sighs> anyway, sorry. I had to vent there.
6: Yeah, I, I, are you okay after that, Tyler? Uh,
2: not really. I just kind of had to get that out there. All right, so believe it or not, we're already a little bit past the bottom of the hour, so we've got another break we've got to take. This one I can't really push around much. I'm already a little bit late. So when we come back... We're going to talk a little bit about the positives from last night because I know from the, the first half of the show you probably aren't sure there are any, but I promise there there are silver linings, so we'll be right back. Stay tuned the government, so why are you letting other people tell you what's best for your healthcare? Exercise your freedom with Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is a community of people who voluntarily share one another's medical costs. Liberty HealthShare is founded on the idea that most people truly want to help one another. Healthcare sharing allows members to do just that as a true community that supports one another in times of need. Liberty believes people should make decisions for themselves and their families. Members are able to take back the freedom to make their own decisions about their healthcare. Freedom from guilt or doubt about how your money is used.
3: But even then, he wanted an MBA. He looked at a dozen schools, but only one offered the online education and flexibility he needed while he was in a tent in Iraq, Grantham University. Turns out that Grantham's been delivering affordable, relevant college and advanced degrees for over 65 years. Heck, if they can deliver a quality education to a soldier in a tent overseas, think about the flexibility Grantham can offer you so you can earn your degree too. It doesn't matter how complicated or full your life is. If getting a degree is on your bucket list, you'll want to do what my son did. You'll want to call Grantham. Find out how easy it is to get started on your education so you can check that college degree off your bucket list. Call Grantham right now. 800-910-1370. That's 800-910-1370. Flexible. Affordable. Relevant. Call 800-910-1370.
2: Right, folks welcome back to the program this is rick robinson we are live right now on klr i'm gonna take off my uh my show host hat for a second and put on my programming director um hat because i just want i just want to give some folks a shout out so Fubar, and uh, the host of Politabunny and uh Ordy, they put together their first show for mojo 5 this week and actually won't air over there until friday i'll be sending them the files tomorrow once we get them put together in exactly the right format as they want them. But I just want to give them a shout out because I'm somebody that's been doing this now for like 10 years. The first time I was put on the type of clock that they were dealing with tonight, I about lost my lunch and not in a good way. Um and they they actually not only did they weather it well there were a, there were a couple little technical issues which always happen on live radio that's one of the things that I always try to explain to people once they transition from doing like a pre-recorded only podcast where they can get everything perfect to a streaming or a live broadcast whether it's terrestrial or not cuz I actually do fill in occasionally on terrestrial stations too um Live radio, half the fun is the technicals because you know something's going to go wrong, and the listeners are waiting for it because they're waiting to see: are you going to hold it together, or are you going to lose your, are, are you going to lose your mud? Because it's live radio. It's it's like back in the day before they pre-recorded everything that you watch on TV. Things went wrong on live broadcasts on TV all the time. That was half the reason people used to like to watch it. Radio is the same way. So for everybody that's like, oh, I mean, like they're they're like beating themselves up because they noticed a couple things on our end that you guys are never going to notice, but they noticed it. And I'm like, just stop. You guys did better with this first attempt than I did when I first started over on uh, the CRN network out of California. Because folks, this isn't the this isn't the only place this show airs. It's it's all over the place. But you guys are my home. This is my flagship station as far as I'm concerned for an inter- internet radio. And you guys, no matter what happens, wherever else I go or this show goes or anything else, you guys will always be its home because this is where... Um, It officially started as my actual station. I've I've had the show on another streaming platform before with a business partner and that didn't work out so well. So eventually I threw in with another couple folks. And as of now, it's actually transitioning to a corporation where I will be basically the head of it. And I'm going to be reappointing a new corporate board here starting in the next seven to ten days. Because we're going to try to take things in a different direction. Because what I want to do is make sure that everybody has a voice, everybody has a platform, but at the same time, we're still making sure people are entertained and educated, and that's, that's what's always been important to me. And that's why when folks like Varick are like, hey, I had some pretty cool stuff happen in my election last night, I want to come on and talk about it. And I'm like, sure. And that's what we've been doing. We've been talk- I've, I've been I've been threatening to go get a beer on the break, and there's one because I'm a little sad over District 5. He's been talking about the... Uh, the special election that he's probably looking at in Mississippi and I think now we're probably going to start trying to talk a little bit about the the bright side we're going to skip the 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 next break that's coming up because I wasn't planning on doing that little five minute long soliloquy. so for those keeping up with the programming notes elsewhere this break is mine I can move it nobody can yell at me so we're not taking the break that usually happens in about three minutes so just sit tight all right so <clears throat> The, the good news about, about last night Trump, Trump did well in a lot of ways uh, and to give you a contrast Trump everybody that he went out and stumped for won so far there, there there's probably going to be a recount in Florida but that's pretty much you know like procedural and I don't see any way that they're going to overturn it in contrast everybody that the rock star Obama stumped for got their asses handed to them last night
6: yeah, and I believe the, the Republicans actually lost – like the houses that were lost um, was actually smaller than the average number of houses over the last couple of elections.
2: Yeah, so like – I
6: believe every president before Trump lost more houses. So. Yeah,
2: if you compare the numbers, I think um, – I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I believe if I'm right, I think Clinton lost about 40-some-odd seats in his midterm. Obama lost sixty-six seats in his midterm. So if you compare the two just the two most recent midterms, we only lost about as third a third as the most recent midterm comparison. And that's why everybody was really freaking out over the house. But with as crazy as the left has been, I really honestly thought we were gonna buck tradition all the way around and still manage to hold it, even if it was by a couple of seats. I happen to be wrong, and I will freely admit that. But the thing about it is, with as negative as the press coverage has been about Obama, I almost said Obama, with, with Trump, because if you look, I mean, you can go find it. There are actual statistics that show that his amount of negative versus positive press coverage since he was elected. The man is getting 97% negative press in the mainstream media, and he's still holding a 50% approval rating. He still managed to, to I mean, he's now got four or five senators that owe him big. There's now enough of a majority in the Senate that no matter the fact that we've lost the House, that yeah, the House controls the purse strings. Big deal. Whatever they try to send over still has to get approved by the Senate. Then it still ultimately has to be signed by Trump. So I get it. I really wish we hadn't lost the house because I was really looking forward to because Trump was starting to talk about tax cuts round two, and this time he was wanting to focus mainly on the middle class because he got what he needed to do to spur business with the last set of cuts, and the economy's kicking along. So I was like, "Hey, we should go back and do something now for the middle class and make it more of a permanent thing or deeper cuts." So this is this is what if if President Trump listened to the show, which he does not, because. Uh, honestly, I was not very nice to him when he was primarying, so I doubt he will ever listen to my show. <laughs> I don't really care about that. But if he were listening to my show, one of the things that I would tell him is this is what you need to do. Since we've lost the House, if Pelosi becomes Speaker or whoever becomes Speaker, um, the one thing that you need to remind the Speaker especially if it's Pelosi, is, hey, for two years after I passed this tax cut, you kept telling everybody that I screwed everybody over because the tax cuts for the middle class weren't permanent, this, that, and the other. So let's fix that. Let's do a new round of tax cuts for the middle class because I already said I wanted to do that anyway. And let's make sure that these are permanent. Now, the thing about it is, folks, this uh, I, I'm a little bit of inside baseball. The, that is nothing but language because there's no such thing as a permanent tax cut because the next group of people can always vote to take it away. It just, these tax cuts don't have a sunset clause on them. So that's what makes them quote unquote a permanent, if they pass them that way, tax cut. Because it doesn't go away automatically, but it can be voted to be raised at any point in time. So the language of a permanent tax cut is a misnomer in the first place. And that's one of the first things that I love to point out to people. Well, Donald Trump didn't make these tax cuts permanent. Well, no, but even if he didn't put a sunset clause on them, it's not like the Democrats didn't already say they were going to vote to raise them again anyway. I mean, that, that's what fools me about the House. In essence, a good portion of the American people said we like higher taxes. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm over like, here, in the, you know, I'm, I'm more of a conservative, conservatarian type guy because, you know, I lean libertarian, but I have some conservative leanings too. But one of the things that gets my ire is the whole libertarian thing of taxation is theft. A good portion of the, uh, the country last night went, taxation's fine, and I'm over here screaming, taxation is theft, you bitches, give me my money back. I mean I remember I don't know yeah. about you cuz you know I know you're a millennial but so you probably remember this a little bit more closely than I do cuz it probably wasn't that long ago but I remember the first time that I had a job where they took out taxes and I remember going home to my mom and be like what is this FICA crap what 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 is what why are they taking money out of what is that and why are they getting in my check and my mom's like welcome to adulthood and I'm like you suck
6: <laughs> Yeah that that's what essentially but I've always been kind of like center right just the way because the always but the first time i saw my check i'm like what what is this crap give me my money
2: see i was always kind of center right and then i got to the point where I've, I've, I've. this is actually the second time i've been involved in building a business actually third if you count the ones the one that actually helped somebody else build but for 14 15 years i actually ran my own private security firm private investigations firm uh we did fugitive recovery we had standing post we did uh what I called peep and shutter cases for divorces, those type of things. One of the things that made me a conservative, uh, even more conservative, was when I became my own boss and I realized all the different red tape we had to go through just to get anything done in in what was one of the red estates in the union. And I'm like, "Uh, this is not cool. There's way too many regulations, way too much crap, way too many fees, way too many taxes, and government's gotten way too big. So, so that's my thing. I am a libertarian. I also have conservative leanings, but at the end of the day, I want as little government in my business as possible.
6: So, yeah, like one of the things I say quite often on Twitter is that I'm too European for America but too American for Europe. It's because I was kind of raised all over the place, but I want my money. Give me my money. I don't want people telling me what to do. <laughs>
2: See, and my thing about it is I've always been of the mind that you know, if we weren't always being taxed to death about everything, what that actually does is that makes people feel like, well, I don't really have to do anything to help my neighbor now because my government gets into my check, so they're going to do it for me. I honestly think we would be able to help people more, and it would feel differently about the way they're being helped if we were still able to do it on our own. Because the problem is, by the time – by the time, I mean, even here in Oklahoma, by the time the federal government, the state government, the city governments get in and they tax you for every little thing that they can find to tax you for, you're lucky – I mean, half the time – I mean, my wife and I do not do bad at all by Oklahoma standards. We're well above poverty, and yet I still live paycheck to paycheck because every time I turn around, there's some other new fine, fee, or tax that we have to do with, and I'm just like – I'm, I'm over all of it. Like one of the things that drives me crazy because I have these friends that, that I know that live in Texas and they, I, they always talk about their, the difference in how the electric service is run between Texas and Oklahoma because Texas, they have more than one electric company in one area. So they have competition. We don't have that here. We have zones where depending on where you live, you have access to one company. So they all have monopolies in their little areas, and they work together to keep their lines up and everything else. But they can charge you pretty much whatever they want because you don't have a choice. Same thing happens with cable companies up here. I mean I know people that I, that, that are in Texas are like, my electric bill is like 40 bucks a month in the summertime. And I'm like, my electric bill is 400 a month in the summertime. You can suck it. <laughs> and that's not even a yeah. lie. Yeah. I about died this summer because we had such high humidity for the first time since I bought this house. My electric bill was six hundred dollars. I'm like, is that for me or for my whole block? I'm yeah,
6: so that's like a similar thing in Mississippi because depending on where you are, you don't get access to like one power company, one cable company, and it's they just have these massive monopolies. Yes,
2: yeah, it's it's, it's so funny. Even,
6: even, There's even like internet is like people oh, the line monopolized here.
2: It's funny about that though because I'm like I'm I'm thinking you know we're we're the red guys we're the conservatives we're the ones that are supposed to hate big government biz- like huge conglomerate businesses and everything else to the point where you know we're the ones always talking about you know the small businesses the the engine that drives America blah 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 yada 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 competition is the thing that drives America but then you go to a deep red state and there's like zero competition for anything and I'm like how does this work but I don't know. Um, it also doesn't help that my state has a constitution that could fill up the Encyclopedia Britannica all volumes. So, yeah,
6: yeah I should probably remember, I should probably actually look into to see what the Mississippi constitution is.
2: Ours is nuts, dude. I've made it about halfway through it before I threw it in the towel. Um, because I'm like, yeah, I'm a, poli- I'm a political guy. I should probably at least know what I'm talking about when I start talking about the state constitution. But it's a total flipping nightmare. Uh, I mean and, – and that's not even the worst part about it. Like our state, we have a limited govern- governor, so really all they have is basically the power of persuasion. They have what's called the bully, pul- bully pulpit, and they get to sign things or veto things. That's really pretty much all they do. Everything else is run through the House or the chambers, um, and then they have different commissioners and things, and those aren't even appointed by the governor. Those are elected. I'm like, what – I mean, why do we have a governor at this point? They don't do anything. Yeah. And then I realized, yeah, so it's, all, it's all the governor's fault, I mean, that's that's all I've heard for the last eight years, because it's all Mary Fallon's fault. I'm like, the governor doesn't even really do anything in the state, so I don't know how everything is always her fault. I've actually met Mary Fallon. She was actually really nice to me. Um, she actually almost came on my show once, and then she did something kind of dumb and actually heard me talking about it on my show, and then said, yeah, forget that guy. We're not coming on the show. All right, but anyway, so... I guess we should probably finish up talking about the the national level stuff. So the, the thing that I really want to say right now, because we're coming up to the last break of the show, is for everybody that's on the, you know, the yellow side, if you're libertarian or red side, if you're conservative, don't freak out. Yes, we lost the house, but there was a 98% chance that was going to happen anyway, based on conventional wisdom. The only reason I was bucking the trend is because, again, I really thought that with as crazy as the left was being, nobody was going to buy into their crap. But, at the same time, so, (coughs) we we keep talking about this, and I kind of keep coming back to it, but, so the Democrats are going to have a choice. They can work with Trump or they can work against Trump. They can try to impeach Trump, but it's not going to do any good because he, I mean, let's be honest, unless they find something that can manage to flip the Republican senators in the house against him, which means there has to be some sort of diehard bottom of the line truth that he did something wrong during this whole election fiasco, no matter what they do in the house, the Senate still has to decide whether or not they're going to remove him. And that's not going to happen. It's it's just not. Unless there's some sort of really big smoking gun that is incontrovertible, Trump is at least here through 2020. And I have to tell you, if the economy keeps doing what it's doing right now, and we actually start pushing that message instead of running away from it, because that's another thing that has driven me crazy about us losing the House. Every single Republican, I don't care whether you liked Trump or you didn't like Trump, should have been out there talking about, look, I don't like the guy. I wish he would put down Twitter. I think he's an a-hole. But look what's happened with the economy since we've been running everything compared to what it looked like when the Democrats ran everything. We should have made it about the issues, not about the personality of Trump. We didn't do a good enough job of that. And we have to fix that for 2020. I know I said we shouldn't talk about it yet, but we kind of have to because we're going to have to fix that. Otherwise, we're not going to get Trump another term because he was on the ballot for both sides. In this election, he's going to officially be on the ballot in two more years. And if either we don't find a way to rein him in or find a way to make sure that people push the issues without piggybacking them on the fact that he's an a-hole. Because he's a New Yorker. I have friends that are New Yorkers. They're all a-holes. I'm not saying that to be mean. It's just a thing. Yeah, it's
6: just kind of a thing about New York. This is how people are there. you
2: You can ask my friend JD or ask my friend... Gene Garabelli, because they're both from New York, and they're both kind of jerks until you get to know them. But we'll be right back, so don't go away. Got one last segment. I see you trying to sneak out of the chat room. Don't you do it. Very right well.
3: My son was in the, was in the, army, in the back army back, during back during desert, desert Storm. storm. But even then, he wanted an MBA. He looked at a dozen schools, but only one offered the online education and flexibility he needed while he was in a tent in Iraq, Grantham University. Turns out that Grantham's been delivering affordable, relevant college and advanced degrees for over 65 years. Heck, if they can deliver a quality education to a soldier in a tent overseas, think about the flexibility Grantham can offer you so you can earn your degree too. It doesn't matter how complicated or full your life is. If getting a degree is on your bucket list, you'll want to do what my son did. You'll want to call Grantham. Find out how easy it is to get started on your education so you can check that college degree off your bucket list. Call Grantham right now. 800-910-1370. That's 800-910-1370. Flexible. Affordable. Relevant. Call
5: 800-910-1370.
2: Right, folks well we are fastly approaching the end of the fastest three hours in grassroots political talk radio we kicked off the night with the conservative curmudgeon radio show one of the smartest men in internet radio that you will ever meet we have the foobar show foobar one nation under foo with ordi and politibunny and believe it or not, they're both very smart. They like to pretend they're not Nordy complains about only making fart noises. But the dude is a climatologist, I'm just saying. So uh, he's a little smarter and he's letting on. And then, of course, there's me. I'm the low-rent entertainment guy at the end of the night. I, I just basically yell and call people names, and for some reason, people find it entertaining. Um, actually, when I was on WNJC 1360 out of Philly, uh, the pro- programming director out there, actually, because I didn't know this, pointed out that that was Rush Limbaugh's first station and as far as he was concerned, I was probably going to be the the next Rush Limbaugh. Now, whether that was because I had good ratings or because I was filling his time slot, I don't really know. I don't really care. It made me feel good. And then Rush Limbaugh went nuts and I kind of didn't really care anymore. But that being said, uh, we're to to about the end of the show. I'm going to turn things back over to the guest because I feel like I've ranted a little bit more than I normally try to do when we have a guest on. So the last three minutes are yours, sir. The floor is yours. Take it away.
6: Yeah, I was just going to kind of say one thing that me and Rick were talking over the break is that just the one possible good thing about the Democrats taking the House is that if the if the Democrats don't play nice and essentially just don't want to do anything, though I don't want to pass anything the Senate brings in there and the Senate probably won't want to pass anything the House brings in there, gridlock isn't necessarily a bad thing, people. Let the gridlock happen. Let the economy continue to soar without the government getting involved. That's possibly a positive here.
2: Yeah, you do have a point. Uh, The only thing that I'm going to point out, because we were also talking about this on the break, is uh, a lot of the conventional wisdom of how things are supposed to work haven't actually held true under the Trump administration. Because I remember when everybody thought we were going to die from umpteen million things, including being nuked nuked by the fat guy in the north because um, trump was talking mean to him and that didn't happen and then everybody thought we were going to die Chudo from terror that fat. hasn't happened i'm sorry what
6: Trudeau isn't fat
2: i meant north korea not, the fat? not that you said that guy the well you, well i meant the middle I, I used to call him the mental midget of the north but i'm kind of out of practice so that was what i meant but um that, but anyway so i don't know i mean we'll just have to wait and see i mean I'm curious to see how many things they try to ram through last minute before things change. That could be interesting if they try to do anything last minute. I don't know if they will or not. Um, There's also been some folks talking about some things in the chat, which I think are kind of an interesting point that Trump actually seems to work better when there's conflict. So who knows? I mean, uh, he may find a way to make all this work. He may actually do what Obama said he was going to do, and then everybody bought into his crap in 2009 when he said, I'm going to be the guy that reaches across the aisle. He didn't say you were going to be the guy that reached across the aisle to punch him in the face, which is basically what you did. So I don't know. We'll see if Trump can find a way to work across the aisle or not. Well, believe it or not, folks, that is pretty much the end of the program. This has been... America off the rails. I am your host Rick Robinson. Sorry, I have the wrong thing queued up here, so let's fix that. Alright, so This is America off the rails. I'm your host Rick Robinson. Again, this has been the Wednesday night Wednesday night edition of stuff here on KLRNRadio.com Make sure you tune in tomorrow night for a double shot first with yours truly in my uh, Tuesday Thursday time slot at 9 Eastern followed by Jen and Rick at 10 Eastern and then Playoff schedule uh, allowing, there will be uh, a Robinson Wright hopefully on Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern. And until I see you guys again, just remember first of all, if you are conservative or libertarian, don't panic. It's not the end of the world, no matter what the media tells you. Second of all, it, in the words of Bill S. Preston Esquire, until I see you again, be excellent to each other. Take care. For the rest of my day.
5: Go, no, go, no, go! No. Hey, yeah, you guys, I'm getting him. Game over, man! It's game over! I'm ready to take the next step. I'm ready for a university that will help me advance in my education and career.
2: A university that will make me feel supported and connected.
5: I'm ready for ODU Online.
0: Click this ad or go to online.odu.edu today. Wherever you go, however you go, for energy on the go. It's got to be 5-Hour Energy. It works fast. It works long. It tastes good. And with zero sugar and four calories, there's nothing holding you back. Fits your pocket. Fits your backpack. Fits your on-the-go life, whether you're going to work, going on vacation, or just going out with friends. 5-Hour Energy. Energy on the go. For more information, visit fivehourenergy.com.